Okay, what up, like listeners? Welcome to episode forty-three on the fourteenth of October with myself, Ben, and Josh. Where, as usual, we will shine a light on the news from actually the last few weeks because we've had a bit of a hiatus. Uh, give you our news and views on that, and uh, yeah, there's a couple of there's some topics to well, there's some news to catch up on, and I think there's a couple of topics that popped up in our WhatsApp group that could fuel a good conversation. So we'll get onto that. Um, yes, normally we're weekly, but unfortunately, well, unfortunately or fortunately for me, I had a rather extended uh, birthday celebration. Like, well, I linked out for about two weeks, mm-hmm. um, including going to Ibiza. So yes, that was it's my fault that we missed the last two weeks. <laughs> All right, so we've got a lot to go through this week. So um, let's start with something fun. <laughs> So you're saying that snap crap? Yeah, so so we've spoken about this before, I think, on the show. Um, but basically, right, so San Francisco has got a major, like, epidemic of homeless. Now, it's, it's a major issue, I think, globally, predominantly. But there's a, there's a big issue with um, the homeless in San Francisco. Now, because of that... They've basically got mass poop on the street, right? So it's just it's just crap everywhere. Human human feces because basically these people have got nowhere else to go. So um, what basically one of the natives of San Francisco has done has created an app called which has basically got the same kind of interface as Snapchat. It's called Snapcrap. Um, and when you see poop, you can basically well <laughs> saying it because I've got the picture here, right? But you can basically take a picture of the crap. And it will make a call to, I think it's 311 is the number that they've set up, which is basically somebody who will come up and um, clean up the poop from the uh, local council or the equivalent of local council over there. What I particularly liked about this is, so when you send it, the app shoots the picture to 311 along with one of about 10 short auto-generated messages like, send poop patrol, please clean up this crap ASAP. Whoever cleans this deserves a bonus, or as they're putting this, my per- my personal favourite, and I actually like it, the simple and restrained icy poop. <laughs> so, yes, so this is a combat. The guy has actually said this is pretty basic at the moment, but I might start adding new things to it. I'm, like, I'm not sure how much you can add to it, because it's only relevant in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, it seems to make it easy, because apparently uh, the alternative for this is you have to go home and, like, file a report to, to get people to clean it up and I think they've got a team going around trying to clean it up but it's only like six people so it's a it's a major major issue over there um, it's really bad it, 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 taking the the fun side out of this they still need to deal with the the homeless issue which I mean this is part of states where they basically build up homeless towns um, on the outskirts so yeah this is a, a fun story to a, a serious problem but I just like the the innovation to come up with a snap crap app Mm-hmm. So if you have poop issues in your local area, maybe you want to modify it. Maybe someone wants to get in touch with him and modify it to call on people who have left dog feces out. Because uh, Do you know what? I, I actually noticed the other day, it's a random topic for us to be talking about. But I was running along and there was basically some do- there was dog crap that had basically been smeared across the pavement. And a guy was looking back in disgust. And I thought, actually, that's a sign of the times, right? Because... Normally, before, go back five years, you, you saw crap on the street and it wasn't a thing. And now you're like, what dog owner has had the audacity to yeah. let their dog do a shit and walk off with it? Which, let me be clear, is one of the reasons. Do you know what? When I used to, when I was younger, I, I shouldn't have had that coffee before this because I think I'm talking about high speed. Um, when, when I used to be younger and we used to have to look after my stepmom's um, parents' dog when they went away. Do you know why I used to hate it? Because I, on Sundays, I used to be on dog walking duties. <laughs> and this was just around the time that you were having to pick it up in a bag. And all I was thinking to myself is, 
please let me get around the block without you needing to do a crap because I do not. Some people like take to it like a duck to water. Yeah. There is nothing about me that wants to pick up crap in a bag. Do you know what it is? It's the texture of it. Like, <laughs> even if you're not getting the smell, it's the texture. And I don't know, I get this when I'm running, right? If you ever run past a dog when it's doing a shit, it's the foulest smell in the world. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so bad. I'm like, I don't, and I would never get a dog for that primary reason. They're all clean and nice when they're, they're at home. It, I would get a dog walker. I'd have to get a dog walker if I'd done that because mm. I couldn't deal with, well, I couldn't deal with the poop scoop. All right, anyway, all right, starting go. off with something light and <laughs> smelly and we'll get on to, where should we go? Where should we go? Where we'll start we off in America. We'll start off in America. We'll start off with everything with Trump and because Trump's had a busy week this week. He's had a busy couple of weeks. Um, he's had from... Uh, from Brett Kavanaugh, from from Brett Kavanaugh being sworn in as as a, as a Supreme Justice, one in uh, one out, one in one out, and then um, Nick Haley resigned truck, truck, truck resignation this week, and also his meeting with, with Kanye West. <laughs> so should we start with the Kanye West one? Because I, I was in and out of the country at the time, so I didn't see all the. the I mean, I, I saw the footage. I, I couldn't be bothered to. I couldn't be bothered to go through it in in full detail because, to be honest, it's reached the point where Kanye is just talking to somebody, there was somebody quoted a line out of it and he's just talking guff like yeah. absolute guff and I don't know what your views are on this I mean I think Dave Chappelle was interviewed on some show and he said look I'm, I'm Kanye's friend and I'm close to him but he shouldn't, shouldn't be saying some of this shit um, and everybody's chastising him basically because of his support of Donald Trump and we're getting to this point where it's, it's amusing when you get to this point where people now start questioning his blackness. I always find that an intriguing argument because it's always it's always interesting to me to understand what defines black to different people. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, he's gone off his rocker as far as... And I think the problem is, is when he gets challenged, he keeps doubling down. As, is it, do you not think the same? Um, I think he's... <coughs> I think he's ill. I do think he's got mental illness. I think his mental illness is, I mean, he's, in, he's very bipolar, which means that if you see in the last, the previous week before, before he's gone back and doubled down on Donald Trump stuff, he, he, he said he was moving to Chicago. He was, um, he, he apologized for putting the MAGA hat on. He said he was trolling people, etc., etc. And then two weeks later, when he's, when he's, when he's about to release his album, Yandy, comes out with a new MAGA hat saying that he's changed the text, saying changed the materials on it. Then doubled down on his love for Trump. Then earlier this week, uh, um, Kim Kardashian um, tweeted that Kanye West was excited to meet Donald Trump at the Oval Office and how excited he was and he's got some important plans for him. And then he went to the Oval Office and acted like a clown and left even left Donald Trump speechless with a, pa- with a passionate rant, which was full of expletives. expletives. And Donald Trump looks, looks that, sitting there looking amused. He gets up and hugs him. Do you know what was weird though? It's the crowd of people that sat behind. It was it was weird. Yeah. Because. Uh, but you know it's it's like a it's like a, it's a you know it's. It was like a pre- it, it it wasn't like a press conference, but I can't explain what why I found that so strange because normally you would see a one to one conversation, but he had like a full entourage of people, and I don't think they were necessarily all his, but it was like people were even in the White House were crowding around to see what was about to occur. Like but it was bizarre. Cause he didn't invite. He didn't invite a few, a few civil rights leaders from Chicago and and a few civil rights leaders from from the black community to meet Donald Trump to have a conversation with him. However, it came across as a guy that you know, and I can understand when people come across and say that he is Stephen from Django, and and because it comes across as someone who is 
who doesn't Kanye West is very is a confusing character, and I think it is due to his mental illness. I do think his mental. I think, yeah, but I, so I have a so, so I do think that there are mental issues with him. I do think if you strip those from him, he would not be Kanye West. Yeah, I don't true. think he was. I but I think part of that is is what gives him his creative nature in the music that he creates makes him because he goes out there. And you, we've always seen it with his music. He goes out there. Right? I think that's always a sign of somebody who's not thinking. thinking is outside of the box continually right and yeah. I don't mean thinking outside the box creatively but I think in every super creative person there's something slightly different in their mind now the reason I talk about it in Dublin every time that people go at him on this he feels like one I think some of it is him trying to play the press game mm-hmm. I think you saw that when the album was being released he created conjecture around him and then boom dropped an album right mm-hmm. so I think some of that was a press play um, and then some of it I think he's just when people say oh you can't do this you can't do that he is doubling down in a way of saying, I can do whatever I want. And in doing that, he's pushing himself further and further to the extreme, where now he's just saying stuff that's extreme to say stuff that's extreme, even to the point where it's nonsensical and is just basically a string of words almost picked out of the language (laughs) book on uh, literally click the randomizer on your laptop and put some words together and that's what some of his sentences sounded like the other day like, he was screwed did you, did you see the interview with, with Drake so Drake, Drake came out I didn't out. see this one I saw the, the um, I saw a couple of articles online but I didn't so um, last yesterday was, there was a, the interview it's not really an interview it's a conversation he had between himself and, and, and LeBron James and another guy in the barbershop and Drake was explaining to him what happened and it just it, it paints Kanye in a horrible light and, and the thing is I don't disbelieve Drake because it, it comes across as him being totally honest. What happened was that Drake, um, Kanye wanted Drake. Kanye wanted to help Drake with, with his album, and he said to Drake, "If the only way I can help your album is you let me know what's going on in your life, so we can create like honest and true music." Drake lets Kanye West know about his his son. Lets him know yeah, if he's having issues with his baby mother, then. Um, Drake sends his his, his um, producer Forty to go and work on Kanye to go and start working on Drake Drake's music with Kanye. Then he really then he, Forty realizes that Forty Forty realizes that Kanye is working on his, on his own album, not Drake's album. And um, there's a song called Light Up, which Drake wants, which um, Kanye said that Drake can use. Then um, then uh, what happens? Um, Drake, oh yeah, then Kanye then releases that song himself, and that's song, the Poopy Scoops song, the one where he's just yeah. saying Poopy Scoops. That's, that's Drake's song that Drake's song that Drake wanted. So Drake's like, this guy's trolling me. So then Drake um, releases the diss track to Pusha T, and then Pusha T releases the diss track to, um, to Drake. Yeah, well, this and, year Pusha T will kill anybody. Yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, all those information he got it directly from Kanye because Drake told Kanye. I don't think it makes it either. To be honest, I I, I get it, I get it, but I, it don't even make it. Look, Pusha T for me takes out Kanye seven days, eight days of the week. Yeah. To be honest, so I don't think he would have found content. I, I I get it, and I I think the thing is, is Kanye lives in his own world. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't have nowadays any empathy or feeling for anybody else I don't think the in and of himself him working on another album is a major issue because when you look at the albums that he produced this year in such a short period of time I think that he just goes into the studio and unloads everything continually so I, he's the kind of person I think at his, in, when he's in the zone he could produce three albums for different people in a week yeah you shouldn't be going in and saying and I get why he asked the question about I need to know what's going on so we can 
we can make music that is reflective of you but um yeah that's kind of that's sneaky to it's low to put yeah that in itself is, is low yeah especially when it's stuff of that nature which hasn't come to light previously yeah and going back to trump so nikki haley resigned i wonder why well this was well they say this was a shock resignation but actually it wasn't really because she'd been saying for a while that she wanted to to get out i mean there were some suggestions that she was the one who dropped that memo before because obviously that was somebody within the house or somebody mm. saying oh yeah maybe i think that was quickly dismissed i think that's nonsense anyway um to be honest i think that she's just i mean there's two sides i i think that she just reached the point of tiredness because that's not an easy job so she's the person who basically as u.s ambassador she's the person who's had to go in and be the one with the strong voice and to be honest i'll be honest a lot of times when I hear her speaking at the UN, I'm like, this other woman's a bitch. Yeah. Like, I, I really can't say... Because some of the... She's like, we're going to count all of the people who are against us. So, but... And, and I think there's only so long that you can put up with that strain of, of having to do that. I I'm, I'm, wouldn't be inclined... I wouldn't be against thinking that Sarah Huckabee Sanders is not going to have long left because her job must be tiresome every single day. I'm not a fan of hers, but having to go out and defend trump to the press every single day is it must be it must be strenuous on you right there is a flip side to this where a lot of people saw as harsh as they saw nikki haley towards the un a lot of people did also see her as kind of a a listening board and a, a, a go-between between the un and trump to make sure that the conversation stayed amicable and sensible so that leaves a void in this he will need to replace her carefully whether somebody who comes in can create the same relationship with the un as she had again as much as she was kind of fire against the un in some of her statements i think they kind of saw her as a, an ally most of the time maybe an enemy some of the time whether trump can replace her with someone similar i'm not sure um there's talk of either dina powell going in who i think was what a deputy security council advisor uh, Ivanka Trump's name was put there, but I think I think that's just conjecture. I can't see her getting that role. I think she would be useless at it, apart from anything else. But um, yeah, we'll see where it comes from. But, but again, she said a few months ago that she was planning on going. I'm not surprised that um, Trump had such good words to say about her because she has, for him, been probably one of the strongest members of his team. Um, there was also talk that she was leaving to. Um, go against him in the 2020 election. Well, I don't see. I don't see. I don't think she would be a good candidate anyway. So, yeah, moving on from there. And uh, so, staying. But speaking just just on that, so I heard a, a podcast. What reasonable doubt I was listening to this morning? An interview with Michael Avenetti, and so Michael Avenetti is the uh, lawyer for Stormy Daniels, mm-hmm. and the the infamous what they call him, creepy porn lawyer that that. Most of the press call him and uh, Donald Trump calls him. Um, and he is, in fact, he, well, he was asked, would you, are you thinking about running in 2020? And he didn't, he didn't say no. He flat out didn't say no. He, he basically said, I wouldn't, I haven't decided what my options are yet. And when you look at it, and they were making a good point on the podcast, which is valid. And don't get me wrong. I don't think that Michael Avenetti has any credentials to go against Trump. But what Michael Avenetti can do is, he's a talker. He can battle you from the podium, yeah. behind the mic. And when you're looking at this, we, we've seen Hillary Clinton is useless. I'll touch on something again around Hillary Clinton in a second. But the only person I think is going to be, I don't think anybody with policy is going to beat Trump if you can't speak well in, in front of the stage against him, right? Mm-hmm. You can have the best policy in the world, but if you can't beat him in the, the mic battle, so to speak, then you're not going to beat him in the election. 
Now, Michael Avenetti is nowhere, as, as for me, got credentials for president, but he can go toe-to-toe with Trump uh, at a, a live debate or on a stage, which it's a bit worrying in this day and age that that is what can potentially make you a good candidate for president. But he didn't write it off, and I'm inclined to think that if the Democrats are, are playing the right card, then they might look at this and say, we need to go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump on his own platform, and he could end up as a viable option for them because they haven't got one at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in the background, Hillary Clinton is kicking off a speaking tour with, along with Bill Clinton as well, which I'm not sure how well that will work out. But she, she was asked why she was doing that and she was going around and she mentioned to, to thank people, to get people's support. I, I think that she is quietly hedging her bets to say, well, the Democrats can't find another nominee and she's going to try and run again in 2020. I, I, I think she's going to try and run again in 2020. Because who else have they got, and why is she doing a speaking tour? You notice she's gone to, she's been going to the um, LBT. GT. There's more to it now. Q. She's been going to all of their debates recently to try and get support from them. She's doing this speaking tour. I think she's quietly hedging her bets that the Democrats might get to the middle of next year and say, "We just need somebody." Hillary, will you run again? And no, if she does, no. it'll be an absolute catastrophic but wouldn't, wouldn't train wreck. Bernie, wouldn't Bernie be coming for her if that was the case? Bernie's still around. I, but Bernie's not. Bernie's not doing anything, is he? Bernie's just not there. He's he's around, but he's not doing anything. She's actively trying to go out and gain more support. I think she's. I think she's preparing herself to try and run for twenty twenty. I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a smart idea. But I think that uh, I will hedge my bets on us being able to look back in a year and say, oh yeah, we predicted that a year ago. <laughs> All right, staying, moving on from, moving on, are there any more, any more Trump stories? Uh, we haven't touched Kavanaugh yet. Oh, Kavanaugh, so Kavanaugh got sworn in this week, um, I think on Monday he got sworn in, and um, after all the accusations from, uh, and all of all of the po- the um, politicking in the previous weeks with him being accused of sexual assault from um, Dr. Ford, he, got, he finally got sworn in. There's been a lot of... There was a lot of debate before, um, before the FBI's in investigation, before um, and uh, um, what do you call it, the proceedings in the, in the Supreme Court. Uh, I think was it Supreme Court oh, in Congress. It's interesting. It's all in, it's, it's interesting that you have you now have a Supreme Justice who lied who lied on oath. Is it, well, they, well, they were under oath, were they? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So lied under oath. It's kind of it's really interesting to have a Supreme Justice who has been proven to like, have lied under oath. Well. <clears throat> this is in part why I didn't actually expect him to get in. Um, nonetheless, he has, and it is because of that. But he's kind of in a position where he got set up to lie under oath. I mean, he shouldn't have, but he was almost set up. There were questions that he answered, and if he answered them in any other way, then basically he opened himself up to the fact. The reality of it is, is I think that some way of this story happened. I think that he was there at a party. I think she was there at a party. I think that they probably were in a room at some point in time. I think something happened. I don't think it was sexual assault, but I think he doesn't remember what it was either. She lied anyway because she said she'd just had one beer, but she doesn't remember where the party was and she doesn't remember the time. You could argue, yeah, you don't remember that far back in time, but if this scarred you so mentally, then you would. So I'm inclined to think she's like, she is bending the truth there that she had probably drunk more. He flat out lied on there. He says, oh, I didn't really used to drink that much. He says, I've never been blackout drunk. I don't care what, as I said to you before, I don't care what this says about me as a person. I've been blackout drunk quite a few times in my life. And I'm telling you, there's no one who gets through the whole of their life and going through their college years, especially with what goes on in the States, and hasn't at least once been blackout drunk. So I don't care. I don't care. I don't hold it against you to do it. But don't flat out fucking lie 
to simple basic you, you score on own goals for fun there right because you're ruining your credibility before basically the big lies that you need to tell um so i think some variation of this happened because i don't see that there's any reason for forward to come out at this point in time unless there's some legitimacy to it there is the point around feinstein holding on to this and to, to drop it at the best moment mm -hmm. i think she is the dark player in this for me um, because she was the one who took the nefarious approach to it yeah um and again now we're in a position where we have got somebody in a role in the supreme court who who has lied under oath and I bet he's there. I mean, he's there now. I think this will go to bed. I think this will go to bed because it will just be. It will just take the next story from Trump to come out. But um, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's been an unhealthy situation and saga. And and again, I think this was probably one of the most egregious ways of trying to go against anything Trump does from the Democrat side by holding on to this for six months and then dropping it at the final point in time. And it's basically, it's just made the US Congress and progress look a bit farcical at the same time as well. So I don't think anybody has come out of this on there um, with a, a positive outlook, but um, you could argue Brett Kavanaugh has come out the best. He's still had his reputation tarnished to a degree, but he's got what he's looking for in the end goal. So he's got go for life. Um, I think my, my only issue with this is that it, it's when we, when we use um, a movement or the Me Too movement for, polit for political means. And that's why I, my, I think the, loser, the biggest loser here is, is Diane White, Feinstein, whatever her name is. Um, because she, she dropped it at a time where it was, it was politically um, to a political advantage. And it, it, it's, I don't think you should, you should play with those type of things like that because if you you've ruined one person you've ruined two people's lives so Ford's life is going to be has been and this is the thing she, she she has actually double ruined people here because yeah. now Ford's credibility is being thrown into question again yeah. I think some variation of this happened but there are some people who are calling her a flat out liar and yeah. she will be trolled immensely for this mm -hmm. for a, a considerable amount of time yeah. Kavanaugh will have this tarnishing his reputation forever and Feinstein will just go back to being Feinstein because basically out of the state, states and unless you pay attention to the news around it let me know who she is she's yeah. inconsequential anyway yeah moving on moving on okay so staying on with me too so um, it's not a story that you posted in because it's too new but um, like over the weekend a woman was um, caught a woman called 911 accusing a 9 year old boy um, the boy happened to be black. Was it his first day this story came out? Wasn't uh, it? Thursday, yeah, Thursday this story came out. And um, a nine-year-old boy was accused of sexually assaulting a middle-aged white woman in a grocery shop. And and the CCTV came... So she called 911. The CCTV came out and disproved her allegations that a guy, the boy, groped her bum. Oh, God, yeah, don't get, don't the, get twisted. The boy groped her bum. The CCTV... If you, anyone had a chance to watch it, the CCTV um, shows that the boy walks past with his mum. His bag brushes her bum. She turns around. She looks at the boy. The boy is quickly being ushered out by his mum. Well, he's not even being ushered out. She's not even being ushered out. They're just, just trying to get out of the shop, shop quickly. Yeah, trying to get out of the shop quickly. And she calls number one. And when she's interviewed by the the local news, she doubled down and says he cropped her bum. I'm like, but you've seen one. You've seen that she didn't. And then she, then she's. But then later, she she does step back though, because yeah. then she goes. My issue is with because she escalated, and it's not my my issue isn't with the little boy. Right. Let's be clear though. You were either calling to claim sexual assault, which you were because we've seen the video, yeah. or 
you were claiming assault for her because you're saying that she escalated and got into an argument. But you can't have the best of both worlds. If you're saying it was against the what are you saying? The woman put his hand on the bum, which obviously never happened anyway. Yeah. And this this does also, because I was thinking about this earlier when it was in the group, but I was in the gym, so I didn't comment on it too much. Um, but the problem is, is there is no... And I, I understand what classifies as sexual assault, right? But people are taking sexual assault as a blanket mm. between any anything, such as a little boy who's walked past, basically brushed her bum. She is she's calling it sexual assault to give her almost the gravity of rape. Yeah. And everybody's conflating this under the same topic now, and it's becoming too easy to take something that's a small misdemeanor in yeah. relation to sexual and I don't I don't argue that there is in this instance there was nothing right yeah. but if somebody grabs your bum and you don't want it yes there is a degree of sexuality to this and they have impeded on your space without your permission to do it so therefore you can classify it in the assault arena right but don't chuck the term out there as if it's the same term as somebody who is committing rape and trying to get away with it right yeah. and she was very clear when she was re-asked against her I was in the shop and he walked past and I was sexually assaulted she didn't say I just and then again, when she tried to double down, she was like, my issue isn't with that little boy. My issue is with the fact that it escalated there. So what do you want? It was either assault that you want to do the woman for, which you can't, or you want to do the boy for sexual assault. And but, but to be you... clear, if you're a mum and yeah. your son has walked past, you're nine years old. And you know in, the, in America, right? They get some fucking nine-year-olds that look like they're 25. Yeah. This is not, he's not one of them. He is a, a proper, proper small oh, nine-year-old, yeah. innocent boy, ends up crying because he's traumatized by this. Yeah. I mean, this boy now, and, 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 and she won't think about what she's doing now, right? But the real gravity of it is he didn't look like the most confident of... And maybe, maybe he is, maybe I'm completely wrong, right? But this boy now has had to go through this saga. He's about to go into his teen years. He, he'll probably won't touch a woman until he's yeah. 21 now. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's gone crazy. And when, the problem is, when you do that type of stuff, when you keep claiming sexual assault, it kind of waters, waters it down. And then this whole... We have, we've had this whole swing of believer women. It's going to start thinking, people are like... Did it really happen, or she just claims sexual assault? Yeah, but I don't think it, I don't think it is. You said this this morning. You said what she doesn't realise is she's fucking up for all other women, and I don't I don't think that we're in any. And when I say in any danger, I don't mean in that we, this is a good way direction we're going. But I don't see anywhere on the event horizon where we are even near to a white woman being able to make a claim against a black man, the black man being guilty until proven innocent, and in general, a woman being able to make a claim against a man and the man being guilty until proven innocent. Mm. It is it is. No, innocent until proven guilty. Sorry, wrong about yeah. that. Because the, and I said it like that because so that is the reality of today, yeah. right? The man is guilty until he has to very much prove his innocence on there, and it's no longer going in with a fifty-fifty. I thought, but <laughs> I'm lucky. I, I got a girlfriend, right? But for young men, young men out there, yeah, how do you get around this? Because if it's it's like uh, you know, no, 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 ten years ago, yeah, like the Dave Chappelle skit where he writes a contract out for the girl and the girl um, when he takes the, the groupie back to the house and he write, makes a right out contract before he has sex with Roseanne Barr said this on the, yeah. the Joe Rogan show the other day. She said, I say to my sons, if you're going to have sex with a girl, you get her to write a contract yes, first. Yes, so, <laughs> so you write a contract. But then how do you prove it's not under duress? And how do you have to film her writing sign the contract? Then, then do you have to film her, before you have sex, you have to film her saying yes and then, the, then when you go to the when you go when the police officers go, why did you film yourself having sex with her? Because I had to film her saying yes. Do you know that's it's like, oh, it's so many legal ramifications. It's difficult, right? It's difficult because I remember. And the thing is, when we used to be young, you know, we used to go out on like a Friday after school when you would be too young to drink, but you were drinking anyway. Um, and then people just used to fumble around. It just used to happen. I had no game in school, so I wasn't really fumbling around anyway. But it used to happen, right? And it just was a thing. 
but now it is very much difficult because you could have done this before and it's not it's more that women are inclined to because it's always been if people have been putting you under duress then that should never have that should never have occurred in the first place but now I think it's got to a point where it can be used as a weapon mm-hmm. so a girl or a woman can by consent sleep with a man and then let's say something goes wrong yeah. down the line turn around and say oh well, I didn't consent to that and and it makes it very difficult for you to prove or disprove that yeah. right you've, you've seen the same thing with Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. um, and his one is even more difficult because he has come out and said this this did happen but it was consensual now how do you prove that it was yeah. consensual um, so it's uh, basically like in, what is it the chastity but, belts but, but that women used to have but the only <laughs> way you can I, I think for men the only, and I, I, I think it's dangerous as well the only way is for like slurry guys like Ronaldo the only way you can stop that from happening is stop paying them when, when people accuse you of stuff, don't try and settle. I know the lawyers always say to settle, settle, settle. Settling now is, is literally says that you're guilty and if you're innocent. I know like the whole Mark Jackson thing, oh, settle, 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 and all celebrities have been settling and they are paying their money and they go away. Settling now just says to the says to every sort of general public, yeah, even if, even if you're innocent, if there's a general public, you have something to hide. So that means yeah, but it's not now that it's happened, is it? Most of these settlements happened like five years ago. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah, saying. but at the same time, so Juventus, Juventus shares have dropped, yeah, because of this, right? So you have to also be aware of FIFA removed yes, them, them off the game. They moved them off the, the front cover of the game. Well, you can say, and you can say what you want about don't settle and take it to to battle, right? But the moment that it comes out, the moment that it comes out, yeah, you are again, you are guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. So it doesn't make any difference whether it's true. There is no way out of it, and that is in the instance where you've got a rich elite in the world. Right when this is happening on the street, it is. I mean, again, and I I know people right who I've seen them when they're they're on nights out and they've been drinking and the way that they approach girls. And I've seen a couple of guys who I know who are just like they want to work out quickly whether they can do something with a girl or not. They're probably looking for a one night stand and they go in quite forcefully. And if it does not work, and they might move off. You need to be careful doing that yeah, shit, man. Yeah. Especially if you've had a drink and she's had a drink. You need to be careful. And I mean. I, I'm, I'm rev- you, rev- you've seen me put the girls in taxis before. You've seen me push them into taxis and then go, go home. You, 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 you need to. You can't. Yeah. You can't be in a situation where if there is a girl who's been drinking and says, "Oh, why don't we go back?" You yeah. need to be thinking to yourself, "You've been drinking too much." Yeah. And even if you, even if there's ninety nine percent, you're you're ninety nine percent comfortable that this girl fully is aware of what's going on. That one percent can blow you up in the morning. Like, yeah. They might wake up and go. I I remember getting here. What what did we do last night? Yeah. And I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? What did we do? Don't you don't you remember? <laughs> yeah. Um. So that shit is dangerous, man. It, I, it's, it's really scary. It's scary. The idea of one night stands. I mean, I don't do one night stands. Do you believe that or not believe that? <laughs> but I don't do one night stands, particularly for that reason. If if you if you do a one night stand, right, and all a girl needs to have is your number. Yeah. Right. Let's say you you do it for a one night stand, right? And we're getting into like guy talking on a news topic. <laughs> but let's say you do a one night stand, right? And then you don't call the girl back yeah. because she's pissed off that you didn't call her back. She can, yes, and says, "Oh, this wasn't consensual." Yeah. That, and that is the risk that you're taking. Yeah. That's why you'd be better off to at least say, "Well, actually, we'll go." Out. And I'm not even trying to sound traditional. Right? <laughs> you go out on a few dates, you get to know the girl because even it shouldn't be like this, right? But then at least you you've got something in there to say there was a basis of a relationship or at least the starting relationship when this happened. And I would be inclined to think Fair that is. I would never get into a situation back up, like this. But back up all your WhatsApp messages. If you're, can't, if you're talking to a girl, back it up, make sure you have them all backed up onto the cloud so that if anything happens, like what's happened in, in the past with other um, court cases in the UK, 
when they convict you and they, they don't go through the evidence, you can go look at my look at the correspondence between me and the girl, and they'll go through it, and then you'll become you you'll you'll probably get off. But I think the weird thing about this is the people who do it in the most blatant of ways. I don't think they're getting caught here. No, I've seen the way that some guys no. behave when they're out about. I've heard some of the stories, right? Even when I'm overhearing conversation, even when I was at FIFA, I was overhearing conversation. I was like, if a different guy did that he'd be fucked yeah but these lot are getting away with it so it's it, it's a bizarre play it safe gentlemen and to be fair play it safe women as well it's the same same thing goes on yeah. on both don't put yourselves in these compromised permissions positions on both sides of the fray i think the, the challenge of parties is is on a saturday night out right that's that's the difference yeah you used to be able to go on a saturday night out and you might wake up at somebody's house the next day don't try and do that fellas don't try and do that fellas that is I would be like, no, nah, I'll take your number and I'll call you when you're sober. Yeah. Right? And if you remember my name and you still want to see me, then, then we're cool, innit? But right about this moment in time, <laughs> you've drunk too much and I'm putting myself in danger. It's when guys give girls false names. I'm saying guys go and do that before. That's when you see guys go out and go, hi, my name's uh, Ramon, Ramon, <laughs> Raymond. All right, cool. You've do done that. I've never, uh, I've never given a girl a fake name. I don't give a girl a fake name, but I've seen guys give girls fake names. I've seen guys give girls fake names before, but usually when they've got somebody at home. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to something a bit more serious. Salisbury, uh, not saying that's sexual assault. I was going to say, what? That was serious. <laughs> not saying that's sexual assault, serious. Um, the Salisbury sex suspects. Um, um, so, oh, this is a bit less serious, actually. <laughs> yeah, so over the last two, over the last two weeks, we've been away. One of, I just hit the mic. <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the sorry, suspects. Sorry for the extra noise there, one, one of the suspects um, from the Salisbury attack was identified, and another, and this week another Salisbury, the final, the other Salisbury um, uh, suspect was was identified. He's a, apparently, he's a doctor. He's an intelligence officer, um, a master intelligence officer. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. So, and if the thing is, it could be there could be a third person that helped them because one guy flew in and flew out straight away. So. It's all. it's all just it's all just falling apart right so basically this guy is apparently um is a doctor who used to work who's been awarded medals by uh, or a medal by um putin. putin um was uh actively working in the ukraine as as, as short back as 2014 they're basically bellingcat which is like a uk website have basically pieced together evidence to try and basically put the picture together with this man being the same man mm. They've contacted the people back home and nobody wanted to speak to the media. There was one person who said they'd do it under complete and utter anonymity. Um, Now, it's always debatable when you've only got one person who's completely anonymous how true it is. But when you look at the visual evidence, it's hard to argue this isn't the same guy. Mm -hmm. And the person who came forward said, yeah, everybody who was in his school had been contacted in the last eight weeks or so and told, do not speak to the media by any means. Now, if the Russian government tell you that, then you don't speak to the media because otherwise you don't wake up the next morning. Um, but this is, it's just all falling apart for the Russians, this, this botched attempt to cover it up. I, this fell apart the second that they brought them out with the phony story, right? <laughs> if you're going to bring them out, create a good story, but don't bring out a botched story with people who worked in and were known to have worked in the government agencies in such a short time ago. It's just... It's bizarre. It's like whoever is the chief strategist who came up with this, this may work as propaganda back in Russia. But if you thought it was going to fool the rest of the world, then you need to be sacked, son. Mm-hmm. Like, this is ridiculous. All right, yeah. I, I missed a story out on the um, sexual assault. I want to go back to it. So, uh, Harvey Weinstein. So, Harvey, oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. 
So Harvey Weinstein, um, one of the cases lost this week was was thrown out. Yeah, so so it's a bit bad, right? So as, as, as much as Harvey Weinstein has done, and and I don't mean this is I'm trying not to talk about what I'm saying. As many allegations against him, he's only been charged in New York so far, right? And mm-hmm. there's only six cases that have been brought towards him. Now, you would you would argue that with some of the stuff we've seen and heard, there should be more than that. So out of one of those, basically, uh, Lucia Evans was seen to what her story was uh, her allegation shall i say mm-hmm. was that she was forced to perform oral sex here on him in 2004 during a casting meeting in his office now she's always stuck to that point now on thursday there was an unsealed letter that was was shown which went to the nypd and suggested that she had told a friend that she willingly performed oral sex in exchange for a promise of an acting job now that in and of itself well it's just for me, that's blackmail, but it's yeah. a completely different yeah. thing. Arguably, yeah, there's still that. I still think that, that should, no guy should be doing that. That's, it's immoral. It's immoral. It's not. It's not illegal. But this is the point, and I'm not sure that it should be legal to just get a girl to have sex for a role. But that's by the by, right? So, but this story had been kept behind, uh, had been held from um, basically the courts and the the case so far. So where is so where is the guy? So Nicholas D. De Gaudio. So he is the major problem, basically. So he's the he was the lead detective for this case, and he was the one who had kept this information behind under wraps. Now, because of this, the Evans case has been chucked out by the DA. Mm-hmm. So that's one of six. So there's still five cases left. But now the defence are arguing for well, actually, because of this lack of information, one, this is the lead detective, so we don't know if he's done it to any of the other witnesses, and two, in and of itself, the fact that he has and the information that he's withheld has tainted the jury's uh, and the case's opinion against this, so they're trying to use it as a way to chuck the whole thing out. Now, if they chuck the whole thing out, again, he's not being done for this under any other district. So, and I, and I, I can't believe it, but he could legitimately walk away yeah. without having anything come against him for this. I mean, I'm still shocked that there's only six cases going against him, but this, this for me, just speaks about the just absolute lack of quality within the um, NYPD. But I don't think it comes as a... Let's put it like this. I don't live in New York, but I don't have any impression of the NYPD being the cleanest division in the world anyway. Um, I think... I think uh, like, so in the weeks we weren't here, um, Bill Cosby was, was um, convicted of sexual assault and he was and convicted his sentence to between three to ten years. He's he's eighty he's eighty something eighty six. That was a weird so. sentence in itself, though. Three to ten is like a it's, wide window. Yeah, so it's more like to come out after three years. Um, people have been comparing the Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein things. I think you can't compare them. It's a false equivalence. A lot of behind Harvey Weinstein's Harvey Weinstein's accusations sound like immoral, immoral um, accusations, and that some of them like if, if it's forced rape then I then I, I agree that some of them are illegal and they need to prosecute you for it however some of them sound like immoral immoral um, uh, convictions and therefore it's hard to, if he's not breaking the law if you could look it's wrong to blackmail someone to have sex with you it's wrong to say if you do this for me if you have sex with me I will give you a role it's morally wrong but against the law he's not physically He's not physically or mentally intimidating you to do Well, I, I, I disagree for the mental part. So I would argue that this is a form of entrapment. Um, it's a form of entrapment in your in the career. In the career well, no, I would argue in that situation it's a yeah. form of entrapment. Because you have to be in the context of the situation at, at the actual time that it occurs. Because it's very difficult to not say, well, actually, 
he put if she's come out and said yeah I did it consensually that's different but if she has uttered some words that made it sound like it was consensual to her at the time but she's been put in a situation where because I saw the video that he had with that girl who went to for the advertising yeah, agency locked the, lock the door oh, yeah. and he entrapped her basically in yeah. a situation where even if she said she was comfortable to go ahead go on okay but okay I saw that video my issue with her is that Afterwards, he did, he he sexually assaulted. He touched her between her legs. Then, she left and then went back to the hotel with him. By him, went back to his hotel. With, sorry, she went back to the hotel. By afterwards, and that's when I think that's when he, that's when he raped her. Yeah, but this is where this is what I'm talking about a, a form of entrapment because if he, you create in a situation where you can. He, you have to put yourself in the scenario where you're thinking contextually wise, right, well, he can give me, and, and again, I'm not saying that this didn't happen. In some of them, I think they would have gone, yeah, I'm, I want this role, therefore I'm going to do it consensually for, yeah, I won't pick up this guy in a, in a bar, but I'll do this anyway because it will get me something at the end of it. Yeah. Um, versus this guy can make or break my career because it's different, right? If you're saying, well, he can strip away, then actually she may have felt, and I'm not saying this was the case, but I'm saying she could have felt in a situation where actually, even though she had left, and moved away and left the hotel and gone back then she was under pressure to go there without him physically forcing her because you have to remember at the point in time that these things happened Me Too didn't exist I know, I know. so there was nothing around that was giving people the empowerment I, to speak out I don't disagree with your point I, I, I do agree with your point there however I think my thing is sometimes we overplay how the Weinstein's power in Hollywood and I, and, and, and I, but don't underplay it at the same time I'm not, I'm not trying to underplay it but I'm not saying that he, I, I think this is I think what, what I'm finding out with, what I'm seeing with, with Me Too, and I'm, I'm seeing that there's a, there's a massive issue with sexual assault in society, on all levels of society. Especially every, in Hollywood. Especially in Hollywood. Now. And I think Harvey Weinstein is the guy that they put on the cross, but there's other guys that are doing it as well, because if, if, if they feel that he's that powerful, there must have been other executives and other studios that are doing the exact same thing as he, that he was doing. Yeah, but the casting couch is a known thing, right? It's not yeah, Harvey Weinstein's it. casting couch. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm saying... Um, sometimes when people say, "Oh yeah, then uh, if, if if I didn't do it, it could stop my career," but I'm thinking they're probably thinking, "If I didn't do it for him, then someone else will do it for me, and someone else will do it to me, and someone else will do it to me." Do you get what I'm saying? So that, you know, when you say like they're, they're like they're trapped, they feel like if I don't if I don't do it for Harvey Weinstein, if I go to another if I go to another executive and I try and get a job, yeah, they'll do the exact yeah, same thing yeah, to me because the casting couch was a legit thing. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, and again, but that's why I'm saying where. Where we're saying that some of it was immoral, I don't, I don't think some of it was because some of it, I think, goes beyond immoral. I think it does go to him breaking the law. I think it does still qualify as rape or sexual assault. If you put a woman in a place where you ask her a question, which she almost has to say yes to because you've created that, just a woman saying yes, if it's under pressure to say yes, isn't, isn't a sign of consent mm-hmm. to me, so to speak, if, if you see what I mean there. So I think there are instances where people did consent to do this, they're not happy with the fact that that is the way that the industry works, maybe, but they accepted that that was the way that it worked and went along with it because they weren't empowered to speak out and change it. And we know that this happened because we know that there are a lot of guys who knew about the Bill Cosby stuff, who knew about the Harvey Weinstein stuff, but didn't speak out about yeah. it. They just accepted that it was going on. Now, this, for me, what he's done, why this is distinctly different to 
So same scenario that resolves around sexual assault, but this is distinctly different to Bill Cosby because Bill Cosby drugged women and had sex with them. That's what I'm saying. That is completely different. different yeah. That is, you've, you're not offering them anything in return. You are drugging a woman until she's incapacitated yeah. and having sex with her in a means where she's, she's not even partaking in the, the situation yeah. here. You're just using her as basically a sex doll. Yeah. That's completely different. That, that I would argue, I, I'm amazed. If, if he can get three to 10 years for that, then it puts into question if Harvey Weinstein is found guilty, how long they can even do it. Yeah, yeah. Because, and they may take into consideration the, the period of life left, and maybe that's why they've left the three to ten years with Bill Cosby, because they might say, well, after three years, you're still in a healthy enough state, we're going to keep you in for five years, or, we're gonna keep you, or you might, after three years, be on death's door, so we're going to let you out. But you've set precedence with that, and because his one was, again, such an egregious act of... Just one of sexual assault but completely just stripping a woman of all her rights mm-hmm. and using her basically as a, as a rag doll um, that's why it's different to me same outcome when you're talking about sexual assault by the, me- by the means to which you get there there's a very big difference between holding out a carrot and basically drugging someone so they're incapacitated alright we, we spent some time on that me too alright moving on so we'll go back to, we'll go to the UK this weekend and the DUP and Brexit. Well, just a general Brexit update, which uh, I noticed a distinct drop in your tone there. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm bored of it, man. It's like, it's getting, we're, like, so we're less than, or it's in October now, so we're less than six months away from um, Brexit. And we don't know what's going on. Well, and nobody does, right? I've, I've heard, of, I've listened to, I've seen, watched the news and listened to a few podcasts, right? And nobody fully knows what's going on here. I think there's like a... Barney and Theresa May and maybe a couple of people outside of that who have a full picture of the discussions going back and forth, but nobody else really knows, which has got the government and cabinet all giddy because they're thinking Theresa May is secretly behind the back door agreeing to stuff that they don't agree with and she's going to drop it on them at the last moment and say, yeah, it's my deal or it's no deal. You've got part of the party saying, actually, we don't give a shit what you put in front of us. We're not going to agree to it anyway, which drives you towards a no deal. You've got the DUP who are saying, well, if it doesn't work for Northern Ireland, we're going to pull out. And then you've got the Tories going back and saying, we're going to take this, which I didn't know that this existed, right? But um, what's the word for Confidence and supply. Um, So basically, when they sign this agreement, right, there's a a confidence and supply agreement, which basically says they'll give the DUP one billion in funding. Now, I don't like this because this for me just basically says you bribe the DUP to work with you. Now, they've spent about half a million of that so far and they've got the rest of it earmarked, but it hasn't been clear on what it's going to be used for. The Tories have said, well, we'll take back that one billion. Well, you'll only take back what's already um, been done. Some of them arguing, well, if we paid you one billion, then what do we pay you one billion for if you're going to keep arguing with us? But then again, that comes to me as bribe money. We're buying your vote to get the government in hand. Obviously, if the DUP pull out of anything, the Tories then lose their majority. So there's, there's yeah, little the being said, but there is a whole volcano yeah. waiting to erupt underneath this. And <clears throat> somebody made a good point the other day, which I knew, but is worth saying again on, on this podcast for any listeners, is that for how painful this has been, we don't even start the true negotiations until March. Yeah, This is just getting the higher level stuff drawn out so that from March through to... Um, the end of 2020, we can get the finer degrees of details into, into basically law. Um, now look how painful this has been. It's really That's going to be immensely painful. And I think now everybody is starting to get a bit more worried because you, you've got some talk coming out saying 
it was weird. There was some of the media getting some kind of positive outlook that we were near to an agreement. As I think Barnier said, we're, we're very close to getting a deal done. And then you've got people who are closer to it saying, that's nonsense, we're nowhere near a deal. I would, <clears throat> I think actually on the EU side, they are probably thinking, yeah, we are quite close to the deal. And I think potentially in their discussions, they are. But I think whatever that deal comes back to look like in the UK, the UK will go, well, no wonder the EU have agreed to this. We've given up everything. We're not agreeing to that, Theresa. But this is what I do not understand. If you come to an agreement that, that benefits Europe and does and hurts the UK, you work, you weaken your position. You should not follow on with Brexit. You should yes. just say yes. no right. Brexit. Yes. It makes no sense. It makes no sense if you stay if you have a if you have a soft Brexit deal. That makes the UK weaker in the eyes of Europe, which means that we 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 follow by all of Europe's rules and and Europe's um, laws, and then we still are not part of Europe. So we're outside looking in. And we're still we're still we're still bowing to them. It, it makes no sense. You either stay in Europe and, and and be powerful in Europe and stay in there and and use your, and stay there as a power uh, as one of the most powerful countries in the European um, Union and dominate from the inside, or you stay out, you stand outside from the outside and and you look weak and you and you you're outside looking in and you're the weak you're you're the weakling that they can push around because they they know you need them. You fucked up. But they fucked up and 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 it's it's one of I'm sorry. It's what I'm, I'm passionate about. You're, you're fucking... Sorry for my language. You're fucking politicians. You're supposed to be leaders. And you're leading us into... A, you're literally leading us down the shithole. Because Brexit was supposed to be... a referendum. It's supposed to be advisor. It's supposed to be... It's not legally binding. It's, it's, it's advisable to the, to, the, um, to the government. Now, the government should say, if we can't get a, a Brexit the way the Brexiters want it, yeah, we shouldn't have Brexit. Because it doesn't benefit the country as a whole. It's gonna it's gonna make us weaker. They're still they're pushing through something that's gonna make us that's gonna eventually make our economy weaker. It doesn't make a difference. Fifty one percent vote for this. It's How dare you question the de- democracy of this country? But the fifty one percent of the people that fifty one percent of the people that voted for Brexit are not gonna get the Brexit they want. This is what this is the thing. You either go full Brexit and you give them the Brexit they want, or you you give or you don't have a Brexit. You don't have a soft Brexit. Soft Brexit doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't benefit the Brexiteers. It doesn't benefit the pro-Europeans. It benefits no one but Europe because it makes Europe, it makes the United Kingdom weaker in that in the eyes of Europe, and it does because of, they know we need them. All this thing about Donald Trump saying before he got elected that we have a special relationship with him, with the United States and stuff like that, it's been it's been proven to be false. He he. He, yeah, but he basically said we're going to back a huge, didn't he? Yeah, because yeah. we're back. To, like it was proven to be false. All this positive idea that if you leave Europe, you'd be better off, is it's been proven to be false. So why would you continue doing this? It's, and it's probably cost us billions in negotiations, paying paying special negotiators to go out there and and negotiate on our behalf. Yeah, knowing that it's it's just an, it's a shit show, it's a shit show. I don't see how they can reach a. I don't see how they can reach an agreement that doesn't cause a massive disruption with the Irish border, because that's really what's holding this up. Yeah. Um, and I still, well, I mean, you've you said that, I'm not going to disagree with, I've said it before, I don't agree with them saying to have another referendum calls into question the demographic nature of this country. No, it doesn't. Or, and even if you don't want to have a second referendum on Bre- Brexit, you should have a referendum that goes out there and says, with all the evidence on the table and no pushing from either side, mm. this is the deal that we're going to sign up to. Based on this deal, do you want to pursue Brexit or do you not? Forget the fucking advertising campaigns. Forget the bullshit on the side of buses, right? Put the deal out there in exactly the terms it is. Don't try to laymanize it. 
Just put it there exactly as it is. It is the responsibility of the people who are voting then to go in there and read it, not for, to have it watered down. It will be a horrible read, no yeah, doubt. Yeah. But you go through that, you read it, you can have your politicians locally go to local centres and talk through what it actually means and do a Q&A as a responsible government should do and then you make a final decision. And if after that final decision we still Brexit, I won't be happy about it, but it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. It will be an informed decision by the country. This is not an informed decision by the country. This is an informed decision based on misinformation told at the time, right? And this is, and well, the decision was informed by misinformation at the time versus the arrogance of the Tories who basically said, well, we don't think anybody's stupid enough to Brexit, so we're not even going to really try and campaign against this nonsense being told by Farage and Johnson. And the fact that Theresa May is now saying, well, actually, I can't get this in via the full government and cabinet, so I'm going to go and have one-to-one -one conversations. No, that's not the fix here. Because you'll notice distinctly, in the two weeks that I've been gone, actually, the one thing that's been absent is her coming out to talk about this. She's done that number 10 Downing Street um, speech, and since then... There's been stuff going on, but she's doing it all in the background. And I don't think that it's healthy for the country for her basically to say, at the point of me being at the most stressed, in a position and a role where I'm, I have displayed continually, I don't have what it takes to do this properly. And she is now going and basically having, and I think she's just going there to try and reach an agreement and chuck it on the table in November and say, well, it's my deal or no deal, because if we break the country, we're going to blame it on you. And the rest of the government will turn around and say, we don't give a shit, we're not going to vote this through. And then obviously in the absence of a no deal, and, and more so, week after week they keep releasing new papers on the impact of a no deal Brexit. So I think what it was this week is that there could be issues with um, using the Eurostar, and um, rather important one, you may not be able to use Netflix when abroad. Um, the reality of it is, all the stuff that they're talking about has to be implemented by the companies that run this. Now there's no, there's no value for France, Belgium, well... France and Belgium to chuck the UK out from a Eurostar perspective. It's the same thing as when you've gone through using mobile phone tariffs, right? There's no benefit for the companies to then reinstill these tariffs that exist across the EU. So a lot of this is, this could happen if, yes, this could happen if all of these external parties take the worst view on it. But I did find something interesting in this that I was not aware of. So on the M26, I think it is, they basically, it was, it was closed part of last week. I can't remember where I saw this information. I, I thought it was on this article, maybe it was somewhere else. But they closed part of the M26 to basically start to allocate space out so that if there is a no-deal Brexit and we get to a point where there is a, uh, basically a blocker until an agreement is made between Channel and goods between the countries, is that they would have basically have a car parking area for the lorries that would have been en route to cross oh the border. God. MCN26, Kent Motorway closed to prepare the Brexit no deal. Yeah, there you go. It's joke. So it does, but acts like this suggest that actually within government they are starting to get a bit more worried and concerned that they're not going to reach a deal here. <coughs> Sorry, let's try and find somewhere upbeat because you just you, the way that you've just looked down in depression is just like. Just, yeah. It's pissed me off. It's, you know, on the, on, the Joe, on the Joe Biden podcast when they. Um, do something that makes them feel down. They start playing Outstanding by the Gap Band. Outstanding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's go with something. I'm going to go over to Banksy. Let's go with Banksy. Banksy, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so this I week, think this happened actually a couple of weeks ago. Right? Yeah, so Banksy um, had a... It was, it was Sotheby's that sold it. Sotheby's 
I think it was yeah, Sotheby's. Yeah. Um, they sold a piece of um, Banksy's so art. The infamous, well, well, not even infamous, the famous Banksy's girl balloon. I think everybody yeah. probably know that. Girl, yeah, the girl's balloon was put. Um, the, the actual, the actual frame was the actual. The actual frame of the art was a. Um, what do you call it? A shredder. A shredder. Yeah. That's crazy. This was genius, though. This genius, was genius because yeah. he made this frame quite a number of years ago. So basically, what happened was it was up for auction at Sotheby's. Um, originally, it was estimated at two to three hundred k. Uh, it ended up being sold for 860k and just over a million with add-ons. I'm not sure what add-ons you need to get. I mean, I don't go around and buy a million pound <laughs> artwork, so I wouldn't be best place to do that. And then basically promptly self-destruct it. So I'll, I'll chuck a link to the, in the show notes to this because it's interesting to watch, right? But basically within seconds of it being sold, and it's quite amusing to watch, but within seconds of it being sold, it then... He, somebody remotely activates the shredder yeah. the picture goes down and shreds halfway through doesn't shred the whole thing so now and the, the irony of it is and somebody made a good point in this article right is now it's arguably more valuable than it was before yeah. and the point he was trying to make is art is no longer valued on the actual artistic skill and impression of the piece itself yeah. it's all to do with who made the piece and the conjecture around it so this is probably gone from a million so she's keeping it now yeah. and it's probably gone from a million to about three million it's worth because and he's in effect i can't remember what he's actually i mean in fairness to him he's created this as a new piece of work i can't remember what he calls it now because he's called it a different name so it's gone from girl with a balloon to uh i need to find the i can't find the name of it because this is a long um clip but he's called it yeah there we go love is in the bin <laughs> but I think I think that that is him trying to send a message is that the love of the art has gone to it's gone down the crapper and I think the result of this um, stun and the fact that this is now worth more completely amplifies the message he's trying to send out I think what he's saying is the love for the art has gone down gone yeah. into the rubbish bin yeah. right and the art doesn't matter anymore therefore this is a sign of that actually it's, it's completely almost emphasized that even more but it's quite amusing because when this is happening the guy who's doing the auction is trying so they have to take it out and he's still trying to continue you know, they're constantly talking to him. so he's trying to go on with the auction he's like nothing to see here nothing to see here it's quite an amusing video to to watch but it's, it's great innovation by him to and then just remotely do it how long you must have planned that for or just yeah. been waiting to say i wonder when i'll get the actual chance to do it but um yes we, we will hear this too late but it was actually whenever this was posted i think it's this weekend uh, yeah, 13th. That was actually showing in Sotheby's this weekend before it's given to um, the buyer. Oh, that's crazy. Fun and innovative in art. <laughs> innovative art. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Heading live for the show. <laughs> moving on. Um, it's moving on to business. I think, are there any more news? No, it's gone to business. So, China's car sales are slumped. For the f- um, it's for the third month in a row. Um, the big, The world's biggest car market. The industry's slumped. Um. So it's the first time since, no, so it's actually the first time since the 90s that the vehicle market has contracted. But I, I actually think this is more a sign of the times, right? I think we're moving towards a point in time. So it's quite interesting. You've got, I mean, I, don't, I, I can drive, but I don't drive because I live in the middle of London. Um, you gave up your car a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like, and I think we're getting to a point in time, right, where there is going to be part of the new generation that don't even bother to learn yeah. to drive. Um, there are going to be another part that do learn to drive, but then are like, well, I don't actually need it. Because when I'm looking at it, if I want to have a car, 
where I live. First off, I can buy a car if I want, but I'm not going to use it that much because I run everywhere that I go. I get, I've got a tube five minutes from me, and I'm in the centre of London, right? If I buy a car, then a parking space where I live is about fifteen hundred pound uh, a year, yeah. which is the equivalent. If I didn't have that and I got a permit, that's about fourteen hundred pound a year. And then you've got the insurance on top of that. Equally, I could just go and rent a car whenever I need. To. I mean, my one, I, I I drive so infrequently. My license lapsed two years ago, as in my. Um, obviously a license stays but my card yeah. lapsed like two years ago I haven't even renewed it um, but if I wanted to start driving then all I need to do is look around I think where I live I've got access to membership to the um, re- rental cars that you can rent by the hour right yeah, yeah. so I think this is more of a sign of the times of how cars, people see cars, and stuff like cars. That. people will still buy supercars and the super rich will still make sure that they've got nice cars families will still need to buy their cars but there will be big pockets of, in, in rural areas, you still need to have a car, really, right? But I think in, in more cosmopolitan areas, there's going to be a lot of people who are just like, well, I don't really need a car anymore. Oh, so, so it becomes so much expensive. So you, 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 you highlighted the fact of um, paying for permits and stuff. Also, um, the car industry always goes through this, this fluctuation. So a couple of years ago, the government told everyone to go and buy diesel cars. Everyone went and bought diesel cars. Diesel cars were like the big thing. They were really low on emissions, etc. It comes out two, two years ago that Volkswagen lied about the, the, their, their studies on diesel, on the, the diesel um, fumes, whatever. And then the, then everyone goes, oh, diesel cars are bad. So then now people have been told to get rid of diesel cars. Um, How do you get rid of diesel cars? Charge people £150 an hour to drive for that, okay? Yeah, exaggeration, but ridiculous the amount you have to pay to drive through London now. No, yeah, and and then you have the condition charge. Then on top of the condition charge, next year in April in London they're going to introduce in the um, low emissions rates. So every the the amount whenever you so the the condition charge runs from six a.m. till six p.m. Yeah, six a.m. six p.m. The the low emissions charge is twenty four hours. So it doesn't matter regardless when you drive into London if you're driving with a high emissions. A high emissions car or a car that you thought was low emissions, a diesel car, you'll be charged twelve pound a day. Twelve pound a day, regardless of where you drive in that in that area of central London, is expensive. Regardless if you drive at six p um, seven pm at night or twelve midnight at night, you'll be charged twelve pound twelve pound a day. So yeah, driving just becomes more and more expensive, and then you start thinking, well, you got twenty four hour tube on the weekends. They're going to start extending that to, to the weekdays, twenty four hour tubes. It comes. You've got Uber. You've got um, the bus network. It's pretty decent in London. Um, and you've got equivalents of that in all the major cities around the world. Yeah. Right? So I, I think city-wise, there's going to be less and less people who drive. I think that will continue to decline. And then I think from a, a rural perspective, I, again, I think you always keep that because you're not going to walk a mile to the shop. Right? Well, but then, that's but, an exaggeration. But in some places, you walk like five miles to a shop. But I think in China is that eventually, like with all booms. Eventually, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a bus. If you if 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 they were, if the car market was growing, 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 it's gonna be eventually time when people go, well, I don't need to buy a car. I've got, I've got a new car. Well, <laughs> also we need to make it. Uh, we we need to see how much um, how this looks post. However, they reach an agreement. The US and China reach an agreement to get rid of the extortionate tariffs they've got. Right, because yeah. this is hurting everybody else as well. Because a lot of the international car makers make a lot of their sales within China as well. So the tariffs are not helping and that could be a major contributor to this as well. I think in general, we're moving towards a less usage car era, mm. but the tariffs will be bad, will be accelerating this particular peak. I, I, would, I would think after that sorts itself out, however it sorts itself out, whenever that may be, I don't know when China or Trump are gonna back down, um, that this would improve the car market. But again, I think in general, we're just moving in the direction of less car usage. 
Alright, Hamley is the world's oldest um, toy retailer and um, plunges into the red citing Brexit and terrorism. So Hamley's is... At which, bullshit, like, they're not the reasons. <laughs> so Hamley's has um, gone into the red, they're accusing, they're, they're blaming it on Brexit and saying terrorism, so people people won't come to London because of um, Brexit and usually tourists, majority of people that go to, to Hamley's are tourists or people that go there at Christmas to go and to see the toys I've never gone to Hamleys I've never been rich enough to go Hamleys when I was a kid my mum my mum and dad were taking toys of us <laughs> um, but um, Hamley, Hamleys has gone to the red so so I do go to Hamleys I take my um, not because I'm rich <laughs> I take my uh, godson to Hamleys when he comes out because and I said this before right the difference between toys of us and Hamleys is Hamleys makes a big an experience out of it but let's be clear Hamleys is not cheap it's not cheap yeah. at all right and it is an experience this, this reason they're put behind terrorism and Brexit is bullshit at the end of the day. What I, just, just to open up to that, what should be concerning about this is if the stores that create experiences are now starting to see the pinch from the... Because what this is, is it's easier for me to buy toys on Amazon. Yeah. That's the bottom line. It's easier for me to buy toys online than go into Hamleys. Hamleys has got a massive queues. Again, it's not cheap for the toys that they've got. If you're a kid, it's a great experience out because you've got all of the demos going on and stuff. Um, it's always it's always packed as far as I see it, but this is a sign for me that even the experience stores now are being here. I think there will be a Christmas period where people are going, do I want to take, because again, if you're not from London, do I want to take uh, 60 to 100, well, it depends when you go, right? If you book super early, but for some people, it might be a 60 pound trip to get there, and then they're going to have to spend the money on there, so it becomes an expensive day, or I can go on Amazon, and the money I would have spent on travel, I can just spend on the toys, right? Mm. So I think what should be more concerning for Hamleys about this is, the fact that, that Amazon, I think, and online are taken away from wanting to go to High Street. I don't know what Hamley's online game is like because I, I haven't used it, but I would suggest this would be a point of time because they've closed a lot of smaller stores, but to be honest, everybody only knows Hamley's as being the centerpiece in London, right? Yeah. I would suggest this would be about the time to improve your online offering and find a way to make... And you can, if you're only a toy store, right, then you can create a fun site. You can still create a fun site that children can be immersed in and stuff. You can add that to augmented reality. You can create experiences that they can have from home. But I would be hedging my bets against that now or hedging some investment against that if I was Hamleys rather than looking for what I think are smoke and mirrors reasons. Brexit will have contributed to it a bit. I don't think the threat of terrorism is what's contributing to it because that exists all around the world. Brexit, I think, yes, because that hits all the markets. But I think if, if they genuinely believe that, then they're hiding away from the fact that online is starting to eat at their toy market as much as it's starting to eat against anybody else on the high street. Oh, my, my analyst view on that, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so the, 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 there was that the longest non-stop flight land in New York. So Singapore Airlines aircraft flew 15,000 kilometres across 18 hours from Singapore to New York. It's the it, longest non-stop flight. Um, I wouldn't want to be in a plane for 18 hours. Well, yeah, so you need to be... So to have, I don't know if you've got a chance to read all this article, but it's a bit deceiving, right? So... Basically what I said is, the flight, he told the BBC, some guy got interviewed, the flight was effortless and very smooth. On board, the consensus was time passed very quickly and didn't seem like 17 and a half hours. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. Well, well, well first off, right, are you thinking, oh, 17 hours on a crammed flight, oh, that must be difficult. No, wrong. So, first off, the people who would have scr scrambled to get on this would have been flight enthusiasts. Second off, 
There's no economy tickets on this flight. Okay. There's only premium economy and there's only business. Okay. Which means the people on this flight, yes, it was 17 and a half hours, but I'm telling you, so I mean, I don't like long flights, but I'm telling you there's a distinct difference when I'm in business class versus when I'm in, um, economy. in, in economy, right? Economy, you are cramped. When I go in business class, I'm like, well, I don't care. I, you keep me on here for 24 hours if you want. When I go on the Emirates one, there's a bar at the back. The only thing that I'm in danger of is overindulging on the nuts because they keep bringing out hot nuts whenever you do. There's a full bar out. I can stay at my family and they bring it all. I've got my whole layback bed. Usually, I get pissed that it's coming to the end because there's so many new films to watch that I'm like, I could just, just leave me. Leave me for like a day, right? And I'll just watch all the films. So they kind of tried to leave that out. But I'm like, the reason that it didn't feel like it was taking that long to pass is because you were in business class. And again, there was only a few tickets not sold in premium economy. All tickets were sold out in business class. So nobody was flying kind of squeezed up on this one. So, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, it's a good thing for people who are trying to go quicker between destinations, it's a good thing. But let's be clear, part of the reason that they're saying, because it's still only a flight, right? So it's oh, no so more flight, seamless, it's no more not, seamless than there's an eight, an eight hour one. Yeah, the flight will not, will not offer any economy. No, they never will. Yeah, and, so. and I get it because part of the, what they're expecting is this is going to be people who are more interested in getting from A to B quicker. So it's going to be people with businesses. That's why they're doing it between the destinations they are. And I think there is an intention to try and get one from New York to Australia um, as well, which I think is a 20 hour flight. Uh, so, so I get it, but let's just give the whole story here, people, rather than, because when you say it's seamless and effortless, it's still just a plane. Whether you fly four hours, or you fly eight hours or 20 hours, it's not, it's only going to take its toll on you as a person. Again, if you're cramped, if you can go to sleep for half of that, then I don't surprise, I'm not surprised it's effortless, but I've got nothing against that. I think it's a good move forwards. Again, from a business perspective, it will be helpful for people to go faster. Um, you would think, yeah, from an economy perspective, you would just take the cheaper flight and stop somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not surprised that they don't offer that. But it could just be the first of many to come where we just keep pushing out the barrier for how much we can improve um, the quality of aircraft and ultra-long-range flights. All right, this week, I'm moving on to tech. Um, LG unveils the V40, the ThinQ smartphone with five cameras. Five. So we've seen cameras. We've seen camera phones that have had more than five cameras before, but now it's LG is the first new smartphone that has five cameras. The standard most of the phones that have like more than five cameras are usually um, specialist phones. They don't usually come out from big providers. They usually come out from small companies that have. Um, Which other phones have five phones? Um, five five cameras. cameras. There's one. There's one phone that's got loads of cameras. It's got like. Because I've just got, got two, ten, right? It's got ten. Mm, it's one. There's one smartphone that's got. I think it's got like ten. Ten. Yeah, ten cameras. <laughs> So and the V so LG's brought um, But there's a couple of things. So there's one on here. The most interesting feature by far is so the the cine shot, right? So it uses three lenses to take a photo and movie hybrid. Um, and what it basically says it does on here is takes a picture and a video and then paints and then afterwards paints over the areas of the picture that you want to be the video. Mm. That sounds pretty dope, to be fair. Like I mean, if you've got good usages for it, then I get it. I I looked at this and the article read this is getting a bit silly now. But then I looked down and I was like, actually, this looks like it could be a bit quite dope you know it's crazy i think they need to come out with some good innovation though because what i noticed is when i was on holiday do you know the portrait feature on the iphone now right especially on the new iphone that is dope yeah. like you you take model pictures instantly like yeah. i had a friend i was with taking pictures on me i was like wow that looks like i've been to a photo shoot <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so you have that the, uh, the iPhone one's pretty good and um, the best one's Google's phone Google's one's amazing my phone isn't that great my phone has portrait mode it, it doesn't really get my face because it gets my my face there and then my forehead gets blurred out 
So it's like, it's not, it's not, not well, that. Well, Samsung were killing it until the latest iPhone and the latest, uh, no, the iPhone X, um, obviously the new one out. I'll get that. I think I'm due for that in December. But the iPhone X then, because uh, we always, uh, when I noticed it's when we were at a festival earlier on in the year okay. and somebody went, we went to take a photo and somebody went, oh, who's got, um, who's got the Samsung? Because that's what it used to be. Right? Yeah. You take a group photo, who's got the Samsung? Then it was almost accepted, even by us iPhone lovers. Yeah, the Samsung shits all over our camera. And then Richard was like, no, 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 no iPhone's killed it now. Yeah. He took it. I was like, "Wow, iPhone might have just come back at a Samsung." Yeah, the iPhone, the iPhone. I think the, the, the best, the best camera is the Google Pixel. Second best camera is iPhone, and third is Samsung. Samsung's well, yeah, but that's the problem now, right? Because that was that was that was their differentiator. You went to Samsung for the photo, for the camera. Yeah. So it's all caught up. And um, let me see if we've got any more stories. Uh, so there's one more to go to. So there's a couple more, but we've. we've gone quite a lot well actually there's two one one is in so we're just on tech at the moment and then i'll close on one more which i found funny just because of the numbers involved but the most recent and i didn't get hit by this uh mainly because i was away but there's a major faux pas by windows on their latest update right okay. so they chucked out their latest um windows 10 update and the thing is they're trying to get you to update more frequently um, so the 1809 update came out. they had to halt it because people basically done done the update went into their my documents afterwards and files gone oh wow so just deleted their files um and i got to a point where actually microsoft updates were coming a bit less painless than they used to be i mean it used to be super painful right where they were getting less painless but then yeah what they put on here is trust issues but at the time of writing this it said 470 people had the same question which is basically i've just done my update where are my files <laughs> um so yeah just just be careful guys because i would think even when they do the update they're going to have gone through testing, but that doesn't mean it might not be subject to the same. So just keep your eyes out for the 1809 update, guys. I would suggest when you see it, um, do a quick Google on it first, just to make sure no one's reporting any problems before you give your computer the go-ahead. And then there was, there was one more, because I put this in because just the numbers around it, I thought were just a bit astounding, to be honest. Um, so it's got here, thieves target cash machines in smashing grab raids. So basically, instead of... So if you check, if you um, steal a cash machine, then you're only getting done for theft as opposed to armed robbery. So people are thinking that that's why it's gone up because you're taking less risk, right? Mm -hmm. But so far this year, there have been close to 460 attacks on ATM machines across the country with 60% of them occurring in the last three months. Um, and the Met Police warned that thieves were blowing up cash machines with deadly explosives. That doesn't make sense to me because you blow up all of the cash machine without the cash. Um, but those numbers, I thought, were quite outstanding. There's 23 carried out by a single gang, um, and you've got points of these. So some people just take to taking a, a forklift truck, driving it into the thingy, and taking the cash machine away and taking yeah. the cash later. But, yeah. I mean, you see one of these, it's a full hole in the thing. And I guess we wouldn't see it as much because in central London, I mean, you're on camera all the time, right? So it'd be difficult. But I just, those numbers, I was like, wow, people are really stealing cash machines, yeah? Because they put on here, on a busy road, it may contain up to 40k on a Friday night. Um, and on a village high street, will hold less than five grand on any given day. But less than five grand on a village high street, when you go at a quiet point in time, you could just do that and go straight off into the country roads, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not suggesting that for anybody, but um, I just, yeah, I was shocked at the numbers I saw around now. I was like, wow, this is a, this is a real problem, is it? Yeah. Alright, so what have you been reading this week? I've got to hurry because I've got a train to catch. I'm not driving anymore. Public transport. Um, I, well, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it? Uh, I read The Third Door. I read Radical Candor. I read Iron Grand because it was like a... So it's about the this fucking oldest triathlete in the world. 
um, Growth Delusion, Originals, and I'm reading Insight at the moment. Uh, and then I had a lot of podcasts to catch up on as well. So a lot of Joe Rogan to catch up on. He's been doing two a day, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been he was on holiday before. So, um, yeah. He's been on holiday, come back with a vengeance. And he's, he's, I think he's done pretty well. Yeah, Rosanne Bar. Rosanne Bar's one. I, I would suggest to anybody to listen out for that because there's just a lot about it in there that I had no idea about for Rosanne Bar. And I think it, it backs up what Joe said before about, yeah, she is. she has got mental issues. And, and she does explain the intent behind that tweet that she sent out and the lack of actual, it, it, it complete, completely against what was reported, but she also gives this mass background as to what, why it occurred, the way it did, and her whole mental background. It, it, was an, it was an intriguing episode for me, to be honest. Yeah. All right, guys. It's lights out from me. And well, before saying lights out for me, and I've got to rush it because Josh has a train to catch. But as ever, um, follow us on Facebook. You can share our post up on there. I post our picture up on uh, our weekly posts on Instagram every week. And obviously, follow and rate us if you could rate us on Apple. That would be truly, truly appreciated. We would love, love, love you for that um, because it was help us get more listenership out there. And yes, apart from that, it's uh, lights out for me too. And we hope you have a good week, people. Peace. <laughs>